Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills, and thank you again for joining us today for another episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Uh, whether you're watching or listening, we appreciate it very much. We've got a great show for you today. Today's uh, a, a good question for Armin. Uh, we're going to be talking about, is sodium bad for you or is it not? Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a big argument there. And then, of course, we've got fan questions, which we always look forward to every week. So, that being said, let's get started. Armin, this is a controversial subject, I think. Uh, there's a lot of arguments uh, out there about sodium, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, probably got to ruffle a few feathers with oh, the yeah. medical community uh, based on the way they... I mean, I, you know, I kind of see what, where they're coming from, but... it. And they make it sound like it, it, everybody should be this way, and that's not so. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to hear in the media that salt is bad. It's all, you know, don't take it, minimize it, uh, leads to high blood pressure. Uh, you know, with, like it's, it's, you know, without a doubt for every single person. And, uh, you know, the thing is, your body needs salt. I mean, it's been known historically for all, ever since we've been in existence. And then especially if you're an athlete, you're training and you're exercising and you need to keep your electrolytes in balance, which is going to be sodium, potassium, mm-hmm. magnesium, et cetera. You need to keep it in your proper balance. But just doing a blanket statement, everybody should be low sodium is what we're going to get into here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, historically, uh, you know, I remember back school, you know, and learning about back in the day when they had to preserve meat salted pork you know they used salt as a preservative and it was a very important part to survival period you know so uh it can't be all bad for you i would think right right (laughs) okay okay so still is yeah (laughs) so kind of back to where we were headed um i guess let's start with one question what is the recommendation for amount of salt that we need it every day? Okay. So that's a pretty good question on that. I mean, what you're going to see is a lot of ranges from different medical groups or different associations. So, you know, as a reference in general, the American Heart Association says no more than 2,300 milligrams but feels you'd be better off at 1500 milligrams per day. So when you compare that to somebody that specializes in this topic, like Mm -hmm. Dr. D. Nico Lantonino, I hope I didn't push that up too well, but um, (laughs) I guess D. Nico Lantonio. Okay. He's the author. He's the author of a book called the salt fix. And so he studied all this very intensely. And so his recommendation is 3,400 milligrams a day, which equates to about one and a half teaspoons, which, you know, that sounds like a lot uh, per day uh, to most people. 
but again, he has you know reasons for all this stuff too. So, well, that that seems like a substantial difference between the two. Um, are there reasons for that? Well, yeah, there's multiple reasons uh, that in, or factors that's going to affect you know a person's sodium level. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a nutshell. So, right, right, all right. So, multiple reasons. Can you fill us in on some of those? Okay, so what I don't think, which I didn't know about either, but uh, for starters, you know, caffeine will uh, cause you to lose sodium because you know, you're going to hmm. urinate more and things like that. So what uh, this doctor has said is, uh, you know, as an example, with four cups of coffee, which is that's that's a me, okay, a day, <laughs> uh, can cause one half teaspoon or twelve hundred milligrams of of sodium loss, salt loss. Mm-hmm. Just by having that amount of coffee, I, I really didn't have that. I, I didn't have no idea that was going to be that much. Hmm. Okay. And then he goes on to say that, you know, this goes for caffeinated sports drinks as well. So people drinking all these energy drinks, which have a, you know, have a lot of caffeine in them, that's depleting their sodium. Again, that was, a, I didn't really realize that either. And then exercising for 60 minutes or so just from the sweating has, right. that all has the same effect of giving you sodium loss and when that happens obviously there's going to be other effects from it Mm-hmm. you know it's interesting that that you bring this up because it made me think about years ago i worked outdoors and i worked for a company i trimmed all of the trees outside out of the power lines and oh wow the company provided salt tablets for us and i know oh also in the military, that they had salt tablets back in the day. Do you think that's why they did that back then? Yeah, I talked to a guy that was in the uh, in the army um, that did uh, you know Iraq and all that, and they still take they still recommend them to take the salt tablets. So yeah, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So uh, you know, I can't say it's still the same today, but right. you know, when you're going out on long marches, you're going to be out in the in the heat, and you're going to be sweating. Um, you know, you, you, you're gonna probably need to take them. Like my dad oh, yeah. talked about him, and he was in the Marine Corps. So, you know, he's like, you need, you know, they would issue them to him. So, I, you know, I don't understand why things get so negative on it. But, uh, you know, in the medical community, maybe because of people have all these other, you know, you know, history of p- poor nutrition that's mm-hmm. aggravating it too. But you really need to pay attention to your salt intake, and we'll get a little more in depth on that too. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. I, I know that I would drink water, but I would get to a point in the day where, you know, it's hot in Florida, it's humid, you sweat and our shirts, you know, you sweat, you get the white sweat stain and, and that a part of that is salt. But, um, you know, so I, I know as I took the salt tablet, I did feel better after I did. So, Obviously, I needed it. Um, I'm just kind of curious, though, Armin, what happens if your body doesn't get enough salt? Um, Yeah, that's something I don't know. So, like, one of the features of the human body is it it has the capacity to adapt to all types of conditions and stress. So, sodium is actually self-regulated. So, uh, your body can figure out how to make it work. But if you keep depleting it, even though it can self-regulate, if you keep depleting it by not giving it enough sodium, 
from the soul, mm-hmm. then it's going to, it's going to have an effect. Gotcha. So, gotcha. For example, you know, you can lose, according to the doctor, 50 to 100 milligrams of iodine, uh, you know, which you, you, you can get it from the right kind of salt, by the way, but mm-hmm. you'll lose that per hour of exercise. So 50 to 100 milligrams of iodine being depleted is not good, especially for your thyroid gland. So, uh, and if you keep that up for a period of time, you know, obviously it's going to have an effect. And so what they also stated is by, by not paying attention to that, it can lead to hyperthyroidism. And we have a large hmm. amount of hyperthyroid or hypo, sorry, hypothyroidism in this country, which I also was affected by. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, because I stayed low salt, because that's what you're supposed to do. I'm kind of wondering if that led to my hypothyroidism as well. Because, um, you know, the more as I learn these different things, you know, if you just stay with all natural sources, mm-hmm. you're really not going to have a problem. And so I just think people need to be their own advocates and do a little more research before they just start saying, well, I got to stay low sodium. Right. So anyways, you know, another reason, um, you know, one other thing, by the way, is that's why I take the NSP iodine tabs daily because Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm getting the right amount of iodine. Um, But this can also have a a bad effect on the adrenal glands, uh, which is, you know, because you have stress and other hormones come from the adrenal glands. So it it has adverse effects there. Um, It can also deplete magnesium and calcium from the bones because that's why sodium is so critical or you need sodium because Mm -hmm. it helps helps to balance that uh and then if you're getting too out of sync you know it can cause you to get dizziness and this happens from when you go from sitting to standing if you become dizzy that means you're low sodium that's one one marker there along with it, it it adds to the fatigue it affects your sleep and it can also lead to this, you know, erectile dysfunction. Seems like a lot of things affect erectile dysfunction these days, but mm-hmm. there you go. That's right. That's right. Now, you know, the one thing, I, hey, I'm a sports guy. I watch a lot of sports. And yeah. it seems like a lot you see around the third quarter is about the norm. You see these athletes cramping up all the time. You know, is that why you're seeing that so much in sports? Yeah, well, that's a that's a electrolyte problem. Period. So they don't have enough of the whole mix of sodium, magnesium, uh, you know, potassium, uh, other minerals that are involved there. They don't have enough, and so when the muscles are contracting, they start to lock up because they can't uh, contract the right way. And so if if the athletes pay a little more attention to what they're doing there they probably wouldn't have that happen as much. But, you know, when you're sweating a lot, you know, it's it's going to create a problem. So you right. need to be replenishing. And it's pretty easy to replenish sodium in your fluids. Uh, along, but you want to also make sure you got some magnesium in there and a few other things. So that's why mm-hmm. electrolyte drinks, I think, are becoming much more popular. It's just a matter of figuring out, you know, which ones are going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're an athlete, in my opinion, based on what I've learned, you may want to read this guy's book, The Salt Fix, that we talked about, because it can actually make your performance a lot better. Hmm. So, in other words, if your sodium levels are in the right range, it can give you another 20 minutes or more of a continual energy or, you know, not being fatigued as quickly. So, so that'll help with weight training. It helps with athletic performance and things like that. Interesting. 
Very interesting. Okay, so when it comes to getting salt, you know, um, what are some of the best sources? Uh, I, I mean, I know the one is like table salt, I guess would be one, but yeah. Uh, so what are some of the other ones that are actually really good for you? All right. So, you know, a good thing to keep in mind here is what I've been learning um, is, and again, from this doctor is the pink salts are better. So you have Himalayan, which, you know, a lot of people talk about that. And then you have the Redmond, uh, which NSP happens to carry. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a reason for that. Okay. So the Redmond salt, it has, it has all the minerals in a nice balance because it's not denatured. So, you know, everybody's all about hmm. sea salt. Well, sea salt also has pollution in it now because the, the ocean is so polluted. So that's not one that they really recommend as much. Himalayan has a good amount of minerals, but it has no, it's very low in iodine. So Himalayan is still really good for you. But the one that the, they really recommend is the Redmond Real Salt. And it comes from a mine in Redmond, Utah, is where it comes from. And then they they have this mine where it's totally not denatured and it's 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 like you know in a great intact uh, area and so they're just mining that and uh, it's if you're going to take in salt it's going to be one of the more effective ones and so and I've been experimenting with it too and um, you know I, it it does add good taste to the food and also you, you're going to get the minerals you need in a really good balance because of where it's extracted from. Hmm. Like regular table salt has very little iodine. They, they 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 say they put some iodine in it, but you know there's a lot of debate on that. So, well, this is the NSP Nutrition Show, so I got to ask the question: Why does NSP feel that Redmond salt is better? I know that you just named a couple things, but well, again, it's because it has the complete mineral balance because it's unique to that. So you're going to get the magnesium and, and, and the potassium, all that. It's kind of all wrapped into this particular salt um, uh, product. And right. so you're going to get a better response from it. Um, it's, it, again, because it's not, there's no pollution and it's not been manipulated like the other salts that you run across. So not saying you can't use the other salts, right. but right. It's, an un, it's an unrefined. And so what they're seeing is with an unrefined salt like that, it will not affect your blood pressure because that's the hmm. big, you know, the big thing. Well, you know, you take in salt, it's going to affect your blood pressure. Well, there's a lot of things that can affect blood pressure, but just pinning that down is not necessary. And there's going to be some baits. Well, you know, I went off sodium and my blood pressure got better. Okay. Well, uh, again, the body self regulates that, but there's other factors involved. Um, gotcha. I mean, gotcha. another example is on that topic is they found that people that, uh, uh, you know, did have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. They found that when they actually got their sodium in the right balance, it lowered the blood pressure. So you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of back and forth on this. Um, so, you know, that's like anything else. You got to be your own advocate. You got to learn more about it. And so this guy's book talks about all that in detail when it talks about uh, blood pressure and, and things like that, because just be, because there's been a statement that <clears throat> it can affect your blood pressure doesn't mean it's a blanket statement that affects everybody across all areas <laughs> mm, that's what yeah. that's what you need to understand interesting okay so i have to ask based on all this information it, it sounds to me like it's okay to salt your food right yep and even the what i've also been experimenting because this guy recommended it is salt hmm. your coffee 
when you really? salt your coffee because no. they do they do this in the navy i guess is one of the military groups that likes to do it but the when you salt your coffee it takes the bitterness out and because you're going to lose sodium anyways from coffee when you salt it you're going to keep from losing as much because you're replenishing it so i've been doing this and initially when i first started playing with it you know i got a little bit of cramping because you know my body was kind of out of sync but then I've been doing it on a regular basis now and you know, there's no cramping at all. Wow. So I'm kind of noticing some of the effects of it too. So it's pretty cool how it changes things around. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you just don't know how critical sodium is uh, as it relates to your health until you, you again, learn more about it. Um, Like for example, there's some, some research now what they're doing for people with AFib which is atrial fibrillation mm-hmm. is they've seen substantial improvements by adding salt into their back into their diet versus not having any salt at all. Absolutely. So there you go. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, we're running out of time. What else do you have for us as we wrap up this segment? Well, like anything, again, I feel you need to be your own advocate. You need to experiment with your salt intake. And now if you have, high blood pressure and things like that then again you want to do a little more research and experiment with that it could improve your blood pressure mm-hmm. but again just don't take a blanket statement like well it's just going to it's going to increase your blood pressure yeah you know, i think right, you need right. to, to play with it and make sure all your electrolytes are functioning so do that uh, like anything else you don't you know there's always a, a limit to everything so over salting mm-hmm. is probably not going to be good but your body would probably adjust and clear it out because it knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. So, because it'll do it if you, if, it'll also do it if you don't get enough salt. Hmm. Uh, but that that can lead to other problems like we just talked about before. So, you know, if you have high blood pressure, bottom line is uh, experiment with that, uh, and then find what would be considered a sweet spot by checking your blood pressure and you know, what you're doing with your salt intake. But then you kind of have a good idea. Okay, I, I could do this amount, and uh, it doesn't really affect me in a negative way. It helps me in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also, you can also work with your doctor or other medical professional uh, to run some tests, you know, like a lab work, to see how your sodium levels are. You know, you can get cheap lab work these days uh, with it, and also play with your blood pressure, see how your blood pressure is doing. But if you do a test to see how your actual sodium levels are, then you're going to know. For example. My father-in-law, you know, he has passed away, but, you know, he uh, he had heart disease and he had a quadruple bypass. And they're always watching his sodium, watching his sodium and making sure it stayed really low. Well, they got it too low. So his potassium got higher and started creating all kinds of problems, as an example. So, mm-hmm. again, you, 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 you know, you, you, you think, well, that's it's always going to work that way. Right. It right. doesn't. So hmm. people need to get the whole point of it is people need to get a better understanding of how salt is necessary sodium is necessary and how to get it to work for you versus against you anyways <laughs> no a lot of great information i'm going to check out that nsp redmond salt uh it sounds yeah. like a winner yeah i have been using the pink oh, himalayan and it's good but i didn't know that about the iodine levels were lower so that's pretty interesting yeah uh, you can look it up but i mean but that's what I've been learning about. So okay, I like awesome. both of them, but at yeah. the same time, uh, you know, they both taste good. I mean, it has a good taste to it, which is nice. True, true. Okay. Well, good stuff, Armin, as usual. Uh, Armin and I could take a quick break and stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition. Armin and I will be right back. 
NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. I'm Frank Mills. Hey, thanks again for watching or listening. And, you know, I've been referring to the NSP Nutrition website the last couple of shows, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, Armin, what deals that they keep offering? Uh, I mean, they're trying to help us stay fit. <laughs> And get the supplements that we need. Um, 10% mm -hmm. off of Vince's gym, just a lot of supplements on sale. And, uh, you know, the folks that own NSP Nutrition are trying to pass the all natural good supplements over to you at a great price, yep. right? Yep. Best we can, anyways. I mean, Abs unfortunately, things are go everything's going up across the world here, but at right. the same time, they're trying to trying to keep it contained as much as possible. Absolutely. So check out nspnutrition.com. Uh, Mind-blowing sometimes on some of the prices I see, and then I, of course, end up ordering more. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> fan questions. Uh, we've got some good ones this week. Uh, so, you know, Armin, this one may test you a little bit. Uh, first question is from okay. Marissa. And she actually contacted me through the QR code uh, and sent the oh, email. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was happy with that. So, Marissa, thank you. We appreciate you watching. I uh, don't know where she's located, but she said, um, this is for both of us, this question. She said okay. that, that she likes vegetables. Now, she does eat protein. Uh, she probably mm -hmm. eats more seafood, but since she saw our show she's incorporating more meat into her diet and spreading out the seafood because she's concerned about our mm -hmm. show on what we said about mercury. So I thought that was interesting, but uh, her, okay. her question was about vegetables. Now she buys organic, but she also has a garden at home. And she said, Armin, Frank, is there a difference between organic garden vegetables and she's specified leafy okay so i think she has seen a show on mm -hmm. what we talked about you know the thick skin compared to the leafy but is there a difference between yeah. the organic type of the vegetables that you buy in the grocery store compared to the vegetables that she would grow in her garden that again are all natural no pesticides or anything like that just curious well, you know, it's like anything, when you're buying from a grocery store, uh, you're going based on the belief that they're selling exactly what they're marketing. So mm -hmm. it's always it's always a toss up in my opinion. You, know, you, you, you make the best choices. Sometimes you can you, you can tell a difference when you've got the organic food because of the way it tastes and, and the way it cooks and things like that. I'm just gonna say this is nothing's gonna be homegrown. If you're growing in a yard you're going to have much better results from it than trusting any grocery store, unfortunately, uh, on the organic level. Now, again, I can't say one way or another. 
Um, if, if everything sold in the grocery store is 100% organic, mm-hmm. because unfortunately things do get manipulated, things get overlooked, and there's money in it if they market organic versus right. non-organic. True. But especially on the green leafy, um, you know, you, you're making the best guess that you can. It is what it is. So, but if you know if you're growing, if you can grow stuff from a farmer nearby that you know or yourself, you're definitely going to have a better response. You're going to definitely digest the food better. It's just going to work out much better, uh, in my opinion. You know, I, I agree with you. I have a friend of mine who lives about an hour from me, and it's in Brooksville. It's kind of out in the sticks a little bit from where I live, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to buy all of his eggs from the store. And one day he was driving home from work and one of the houses he drives by, it said farm fresh eggs. So he oh, stopped wow. by yeah. and worked out a deal where he gets, you know, two to three dozen eggs a week from this farmer. And he said, Frank, I can't believe the difference. His eggs oh, yeah. are, are far superior to what I was buying in the store. And, uh, you know, now it's got me wanting to look around and see, Hey, is there somebody close by who is doing this? Because I didn't realize the difference, but I guess that's the case, huh? Well, actually I, I you know, I've got uh, met a guy at the gym I'm at and he's giving me farm fresh eggs, you know, really cheap, but also he put some duck eggs in there. So that's a whole nother curve. Now duck wow. eggs are really tasting. But these are, these are organic, and I mean, there is they taste really good. So now duck eggs are a little stronger, so that's that's a little more of an acquired taste. But they also have okay. a lot of protein and and fat in them, and because they're hmm. typically bigger. Uh, but anyways, so that and then this he also gave me some. He let me try some of these uh, meat chickens that they raise. Man, these things tasted phenomenal. I was like, really? You know, my wife baked it in the oven. Yeah, well, I was quite surprised. So. Anytime you can find somebody that's got farm raised or you know raised on the land mm-hmm. with you know like the chickens are fed the right way, uh, you're you're gonna you're definitely gonna have a good response. And then you got me some cabbage and some collard greens. Yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, very nice. You, know, you like this kind of vegetables, so I would definitely recommend if you find somebody that, that has some things local, take advantage of them. I mean, they're not always gonna be there, but you're definitely going to get good nutritional value from it. So anyway, not to belabor that too long. (laughs) No, uh, a lot of excellent information. And, you know, I do believe that's the way to go. So uh, I'm going to start looking for the farm fresh eggs. Hey, if they have duck, I'll try that as well. Why not? But um, all right. So the next question uh, from Seth from Spokane, Washington. Seth um, is kind of curious. He saw our show when we were talking about energy drinks and he also saw the show on Frank Mills Reality Fitness us we went pretty extensive with energy drinks on that show yeah he said you know uh, you guys have done great on energy drinks what about protein protein shakes he says there's so many kinds of protein out uh-huh. there and i'm curious but the NSP is one of the few, if not the one, milk and egg protein that I've seen. They're very hard to find milk and egg. Everything seems to yeah. be either whey or plant-based. His question is, why is that? And what really is the best protein 
that you can ingest in a shake. What do you think? All right. Well, I can tell you why the plant and the way are, are the ones you learn of most is because they're pretty cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of expense to those. So it's, it has a good margin to it. You know, milk and egg protein, you got to know how to formulate it. It's not like saying you can go, okay, I'm going to put in this amount of milk protein with the egg and it's going to work. Right, it took right. a while to formulate this properly. So that's why you don't see people making it because once you formulate it, then you got to get it to taste reasonable and you got to have a, you know, so use a sweetener that's not going to be a bad sweetener. So like the NSP is formulated properly, is, is dried properly, and then it's sweetened with stevia. Um, so, you know, it's hard to find that where it tastes decent. And that's where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, they're not going to see it elsewhere. And it's more expensive, okay, in a nutshell. But at the same right. time, it does absorb well. And it, one of the nice features is it, it fills you up better. So you're not going to have that with these plant proteins. And plant proteins are just flat out inferior. You know, whether people want to, you know, sit there and argue about it, they can if they want. But bottom line, it's inferior. It doesn't even have the same genetic structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would break down and be absorbed properly. So uh, let that debate rage on. And then, you know, again, whey protein is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It has a decent amount of leucine in it, but it's absorbed pretty quickly. But then you're like, you know, you're you're feeling hungry again pretty quickly after having one. So I've tried a lot of whey protein drinks and I would tolerate them. But once I found the milk and egg protein and how it affected me and how I felt, I'm like, well, this is a much better protein. So that's kind of how I go about it. Now, like these other drinks that are these protein drinks that are pre-mixed. What people don't realize on those drinks is that because they're pre-mixed and they're liquid, they mm-hmm. have to be pasteurized. And okay. so once you pasteurize, once you pasteurize that uh, protein, it damages the protein. So you're hmm. not going to get what you think you're going to get from that protein. So these people drinking these whey protein drinks that are already pre-mixed, it's it's damaged. It's not good. So you need to keep right. that in mind. Or do your own research. Let's just put it this way. Do your own research on it. Okay. Because again, it's marketing. It's telling you what you want to hear. And it's very inexpensive the way they make it. So, and like another drink that I think is horrible. I've tried it. It's muscle milk. Most overrated, horrible milk protein, in my opinion, that's ever out there. So people really like it. But you look at the amount of chemicals put into that drink. Mm-hmm. I'm like... And again, it's it's basically casein. It's milk protein only. Uh, and, they, and then they try to mix in some whey protein. Again, it's being pasteurized. So it's damaged. So you mm-hmm. need to be your own advocate, do some homework on these different uh, pre, pre-manufactured, already liquid protein drinks as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Armin, <laughs> a lot of great information as usual, man. Uh, really... <laughs> Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, you know, us doing the NSP Nutrition Show, we get a lot of questions. We we are um, trying to cover as many topics as we can. You do a ton of yeah. research. You do a lot of your own experimentation with your supplementation, uh, your diet, your working out. Uh, and there's a lot of information. Um, we got a question from Lucas in Toronto, Canada. And uh, Lucas is like, you know, Armin, I'm just curious. I've been watching you guys since you started Frank Mills Reality Fitness. I actually found it by accident looking for another show. 
I clicked on it okay. and uh, I guess on one of our early shows, but he said, you got me hooked with your hormone shows that you did. I, what did we do? Like five in a row on hormones? Uh, it was quite a bit. Was a I, I mean, we went in yeah. depth, right? So uh, we got him hooked there, but he said that um, he was curious. He said, you know, you guys always have so much good content and I've learned so much. How long does it take either Armin or you and Armin, or how do you come up with the ideas? How long does it take to put together a show? Pretty interesting question. Uh, well, I could appreciate it. Uh, it, it, it could take a lot. So depending <laughs> on, you know, you know, it depending how long the show is going to be, but like on the Frank Mills reality fitness show, we had hour long shows. So that was pretty extensive. Um, yes, but generally yeah. for me, it's going to be, for me, it's about two to three hours that I got to put in to get the, to find the content and then put it together so it can make sense based on what we're going to do for the show mm-hmm. uh, as an, as an average. I mean, I never have a show done within an hour. I'm just not that good. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to check into it, find out a little bit more. Okay. And then, you know, how does this make sense in the conversation? So. And, and I do absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, all, all, all I do is sometimes Armin will text me, Hey, what about an idea for the show this week? What do you think? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I'll shoot him an idea or two. And the next thing you know, I get a show in the mail and we're doing it. So no, Armin, Hey, I'm just here kind of like, uh, helping this guy out. Cause Armin is the guy that, uh, does all the work that has all the knowledge, all that good stuff. Um, known Armin now for over three years and yeah. we just were like-minded on how we do things, our attitudes. Uh, we had some synergy and uh, you know, it's stuck. And now look, Hey, we're doing this and we're having fun doing it. And we appreciate NSP allowing us to do it. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but no, Armin does a lot of work. He's got a ton of knowledge and I'll tell you what, if you ever want the results that you're not getting, this is the guy to contact to get you those results. You should contact him. Uh, he will help you get in the best shape of your life. That I can attest to uh, just from the countless people that he's trained. So anyway, uh, I had to toot your horn for you there, Armin. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Well, man. everybody, thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate it very much. We need your content, your questions, your topics. So please contact us, whether it's uh, a point where you scan the QR code, whether you contact Mm -hmm. us on YouTube, leave a comment, or email support at nspnutrition.com. And Armin, like I said, great show. And man, I hope we can do it again next week, right? Yep, just keep looking for new stuff to that people will think or I think they're looking for. So yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for joining us today and join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.